Welcome back to another episode of My Streaming Bubble with your host, me, Jen. This is the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. Back to be tolerated again is uh, the bestie, Jill. Hi, guys. And we're here to finish our discussion on the United States of Terra. So spoilers for seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. So we'll try and cover it all. There's a lot, but we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. So let's see. Season two, I have to admit, is not my favorite season out of the three. I would agree. So I've watched it. I watched it way back when it came out um, in 2009, I believe. Yeah. So rewatching it like the first season, I was just, you know, binge right through it. The second season, I had a hard time um, just keeping interested in it, maybe because I already knew kind of what was going to happen. But I thought some of the. Like the plot kind of moved a little bit slower. Like it was still more building. You know, they were they were searching for what caused, you know, Tara to be to have dissociative disorder and mm-hmm. kind of building the the, the plot lines for that. Um, but I just thought it moved a little slower, and I don't know. I kind of got bored. I think I got through the first three seasons, and then I took a break for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I went back to it. So yeah, I don't know. Season three, I loved. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I binged that in like a day, and there was a lot happening in that season two where it kind of just kept it fresh and like some of the things I didn't quite remember. So I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and Eddie Izzard was in it, which I don't know. I find him. I like I like him as an actor. He's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Um. Real quick with Eddie Izzard, did you ever watch the show The Riches? It had him and Minnie Driver. Minnie Driver, yeah. Yeah. I watched, I think I watched the first season of that. It was only, it's one of those that um, ended too soon. So I think they only had maybe one or two seasons. Also a very good show. Um, Found myself oddly attracted to Eddie Izzard. In that show? Yeah. Me too. I was like, huh. Because they're a family (laughs) that is, they're basically like, they steal like someone's identities, don't they? And they're trying to be this family. Yeah. They're basically like con like, artists. Con like artists. A whole family thieves, of them. Yep. Whatever. But yeah, he. I don't know. He always seems to me like he would be a good bad guy, and maybe it's because how his face looks. Like he's got the arching eyebrows. Yeah. And, like, kind of the squinty eyes. But um, where was I going with that? So in the <laughs> in the riches, yeah, like that. <laughs> in the riches, he. I thought he fit that character really well because mm-hmm. they were, you know. He was trying to con yeah, people. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, their whole life. Yeah, season three, I enjoyed a lot more. I, I liked just kind of the overall plot and storyline of season three. And then season three ended up being its last season. It got canceled. And initially, I thought the ending was very abrupt. But upon, and just kind of like, that feels unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these loose ends and blah, 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 blah. But after rewatching it, it feels appropriate. And aside from a few other things within season three, I thought it was great and it works well as a series, a final series season for the show. Um, I really, I liked how they ended season three. Mm-hmm. I was reading that they had finished season three and then they found out that the show was canceled, which I thought was a little like, I wonder if they almost knew it was coming because they tied up. I yeah. thought they kind of put neat bows on everything. Like yeah. With the kids, like, you know, um, 
Kate's gonna stay back in Overland Park with Marshall, and so he can finish school because in season three she met, you know, a guy mm-hmm. doing, doing her um, flight attendant stuff. And I, I love, I love her character so much. She's just too. a cutie patootie. Um, but she said, you know, I'm gonna stay here with my brother. I can't go to St. Louis with you. And mm-hmm. then, like with Neil and Shar, they're moving to Houston because they thought that would be best for the baby. And then, like Tar- Tara's going to Boston, uh, Boston to get some help. And mm-hmm. so I thought they did a really good job of tying it up. Yeah, like it could, like it as a third season, like that could be their last season. Yeah, because. I don't know what they would do with the fourth season. Like Tara comes back from Boston and and probably still has DID. Right. It's not and so and that's yeah. And I agree. I the second time around, absolutely, I agree that it it totally works because there's there is that uncertainty with you know what's going to happen to Tara in Boston. Um, the kids are kind of moving on with their own lives, and uh, Charmaine and Neil moving on with their lives and not being anchored in a way to Tara and her disorder sure. and being able to move move on now that they're all kind of grown and you know it's like especially the kids and so Tara and Max can kind of focus on Tara and Max right because we see Max kind of lose it a little bit <laughs> the tofurkey to- to- <laughs> oh my god he loses it. Like, so you know how sometimes in the episodes of the third season, like, mm-hmm. he went in his head, like, yep. what he wanted to scream and, like, shout mm-hmm. and act out about. And then, you know, and then he was just his calm Mac self. Mm-hmm. And in response to whatever was going on. So when that, see- that scene started happening, I'm like, is this happening in his head? No. No. This is for real. He is, <laughs> he's, he threw, he's losing his mind, and then he throws the toe for key. Is that what that is? Is that what that was? It's like a chicken stuffed in a turkey. Oh, um, turducken. 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 I'm thinking the of complete tofu- also tofu- opposite <laughs> of tofurkey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, I think I just made something up right there. Yeah. A new culinary <laughs> dish. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a brilliant scene, and it was kind of nice to see, you know, cool chill go with the flow you know totally love his wife and family max completely lose it yeah um it's been a long time coming yeah it was almost refreshing in a sense Mm -hmm. Um, i agree i mean he's been holding back like he's just trying to be that supportive husband and father and you know Mm -hmm. uh you know with having his own business and then selling the business and um just trying to be like the best max he can be and then yeah it's kind of like, well, you have feelings too, dude. You gotta do some self care. Yeah. Well, cause then and then Marshall and one of his little buddies that he ends up falling for, um, and I can't remember the character's name, damn it, but they Is it Noah or Lionel? Not Lionel, so it's Noah. Because Noah or Lionel was the bleach blonde, more flamboyant buoyant yeah. one. The one that the other one that they're making the movie with? Yeah. That's Noah. Yes. So in the third season, I like how we just kind of skipped the second season, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, in the in the third season, there Max or um, Marsh is doing a movie and he decides to do it on his family, and it focuses more on Max and not on Tara, which you know for a high school kid putting together a movie, I'm just like that's pretty impressive i mean i'm not a movie maker by any means i don't know if i would have thought to go that route um but showcasing that yeah max 
Max has feelings. He's a caregiver. He's the one that kind of he's kind of the glue. The glue in the family. Yeah. And that being kind of sprung on Max during the like the film film festival. Film festival. But and it's been a while, but I think he eventually came around to it. Well, his Max's reaction to Marshall's film kind of surprised me. Like I thought he would be like Wow, I more flattered. Yeah, like I didn't realize you saw me like that, but he seemed like hurt, like upset. And I didn't understand where he was coming from. I still kind of don't. Maybe it was just being confronted with that truth. Yeah. It and could be. maybe Max not wanting to to face it and realize it, but now here it is. Not only in his face, but the faces of like hundreds and of other people, filmmakers and student, whatever, and just kind of out there. I could see, I guess a little bit. Yeah, I, I wanted Max to be more proud and and happy for Marsh with the with the movie. Um, but I guess I can see the character being more, I guess, embarrassed that it was put out there and you know surprised. And yeah, I don't know. I. I thought it was a cute little short movie. I did too. I thought it was adorable. I thought he did a really good job. Beaver Lamp. Can we talk about Beaver Lamp? Beaver. Oh, yes. Max's, Max's college. Wait a minute. I'm picturing like a lamp in the shape of like a beaver. A, a beaver? Yeah. I was just like, huh. I like the idea of having a baby shower slash like. Like rock and roll um, birthday party. Yeah. Like they did the baby shower during the day and then the birthday party for Max at night. Brought together the old band. Brought together the old band. And I don't oh know. God, what just... happened during the birthday party? Because something happened. Oh, that was one of the first glimpses into Bryce. Like Tara. Oh, like he yeah. dedicated the first song and, and she's like standing there and she's listening. And then I, I don't know. Like she like left that area and went like outside and she started cutting like her arm. Okay. Like she broke a beer bottle yep. and started cutting her Self-harm. arm. Self-harm. Yeah. And I think that might've been our first glimpse. Cause I know Buck wouldn't do something like that. No. Or any of her other alters. No. So like, I thought it was Bryce More, that yep. was taking, you know, coming out. Yeah. Cause, um, I Which think it would have was... been the time. Mm-hmm. Because in college, didn't she, like, have a mental breakdown, too? And that's why Max didn't want her to go back to college. Yep. So maybe, like, memories from college started coming through when Beaver Lamp was playing. (laughs) What the fuck name is Beaver Lamp? That's a lot of weed. (laughs) A lot of beer. A lot lot of weed. weed. (laughs) Oh, and um, what was Neil and Max's business idea? It reminded me so. Titty, Titty Cakes? So a strip mm-hmm. bar that makes pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me so much of like ideas that Ryan and my my stepbrother Craig come up with when they've been drinking beer, or like ideas that Ryan and um, Tim come up with mm-hmm. for business ideas. Like I could totally see my brother and Ryan coming up with this idea. You know, it's not a terrible idea. I mean, be, is it really that much different than like smut and eggs? No, I guess not. I mean, it's just a titty bar that yeah. serves pancakes. <laughs> breakfast <laughs> foods. I mean, it's like you got boobs and you have breakfast foods. Like, yeah. the both of, to best of both worlds. Oh, you get like pancakes that look like boobs. Mm. You go Syrup. like total theme mm. with this. <laughs> <laughs> 
and yeah, God, there's been a lot of really dumb ideas with the guys over the years. <laughs> I wish I could think of some. Anywho's, so titties and pancakes. How did we get on that? Oh yeah, Max, Max and, and Neil. Neil. And then, was was it in season three too that we meet um, Max's mom? Oh yeah, who is the amazing Francis Francis Mc. Mc- Dorm, not, no, not McDorman. Uh, Francis McConroy. McConroy. Um, I'm just saying what you're saying right now. Oh, that's amazing. I love. You know, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's both be wrong. <laughs> but more, you know, more recently known for her roles in American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. Oh God, she just. She's a gift. She's a really great actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally forgot that she was even. In uh, United States of Terra, in this show, you know, until she popped up. And I got all eyes like, yay, it's Francis. And so she plays Max's mom, who has, um, who's a bit of a hoarder mm-hmm. and obsessed with Christmas. <laughs> so you get a little bit of a glimpse into what Max's childhood was like and maybe why he kind of is within that caregiving, quote, fixer role because he gets called out on that at one point oh it was that was in season two when he wants to buy the neighbor's house oh and fix it up and fix it up yeah because tara they they all think tara is doing very well she's i think she's she's got her meds sorted out but she's got her meds she hasn't had like any i'm gonna say breakthroughs but i don't call transitions yeah for a couple of months and then all of a sudden buck starts coming out and he gets into a relationship with Pammy, um, Pammy, the bartender. But then Tara and Buck also have these moments of coexisting within Tara's mind, and Tara starts to become. I guess would that be part of like the integration uh, process for people with DID, getting the alters and the host to work like, together, to work together, and just more or less be more aware of each other. I think so. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. No, it was just based on the little bit of Googling I had done. But it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, either way, it was. Give me the body. <laughs> I, love how... I need the body. <laughs> again, props to Tony Collette for just doing an God. amazing job. She is. She is an amazing actress to be able to pull off all those characters and make them so believable. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Bryce. Oh, well, chicken. Let's talk about chicken first. Okay. Because chicken showed up in. She showed up. Chicken was that season three? Because they were at the. It was the end of season two. End of season two. They were yep. at the corn maze. She, something triggered her. Well, chicken first shows up because in season two. Um, oh, Tara's they're at having, Mimi's. They're having, they're at Mimi's because Tara's kind of having these memories. So because of the house that um, their neighbor had killed himself in and then Max decided to buy it to try and fix it and then gets accused of being a fixer. That's where I was going with all of this originally. This house is what triggers a lot of Tara's memories. And she builds a a diorama of the old house without realizing that she's building this house. Come to find out through her mom, they lived with a woman named Mimi. And then we come to find out that Alice, one of the altars, is the base of Alice's creation was Mimi mm-hmm. through the memories and stuff. They so. lived with Mimi for, because I was doing a, a little bit of research, um, the foster parent Mimi, they lived with her for two years. Oh. So they went, 
two Mimi's when Shar was one and Tara was four or five. Okay. So real young. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lived there for two years while they the, her their parents were trying to get the whole Bryce Bryce situation figured out, mm-hmm. I guess, for lack of a better term. Um yeah, so um that reoccurring memory of the bicentennial. Mm-hmm. Um, that was at Mimi's house. Yep. When, yep. when they were and riding their bikes. Yep. And so then when they go and they get it out of their mom about who Mimi was and they go to Mimi's house to con- not confront, but to get answers, mm-hmm. um, Tara and Charm. And then like Mimi's husband comes out. And I think that's that's when we first see Chicken. Is, chicken. Uh, Tara transitions into Chicken. Max comes running in to like save the day because he's the big hero saver. On his motorcycle. On his motor- <laughs> oh my god, dude! Aiden is so hot. <laughs> um, yeah, and so Shar's just like, "Holy shit, it's chicken!" Um, a childlike altar, or in the nickname was from their childhood. Mm-hmm. And at first, they think that it's Mimi's husband that had abused him and he's like no I wasn't even here during that time and then they start to piece everything together and they get more information out of mom that they had a half brother yeah and well that that comes out during Char's wedding because the dad because he's yes he's starting to get the early stages of Alzheimer's the dad is like rambling about something while they're getting ready for the wedding yep and he says something about his son I can't remember exactly yeah, I can- what he said, but Tara's like, wait, what? We have a brother. We don't have a brother. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, like he had a moment of clarity, yep. it seemed like. Um, and then talking about his first marriage, he had a son from his first marriage named Bryce. And yep. they didn't know about it. Tara and Char- Charmaine didn't know that they had a, Mm-mm. like, well, at least they didn't remember because right. they were so young yep. when he was in the picture. Um, it seems like they didn't remember that. No, yeah, they did not recall any of that. Because then it's when you piece together kind of the timeline. So, however old Bryce was for them to for the girls to be that young to go to Mimi's, yeah, no way Shar's gonna remember that. And you know, Tara's gonna, you know, if they were abused, then yeah, she's gonna she's trying gonna to cope in whatever. She's trying to cover those memories by coping through her different personalities. Yep. And Char's wedding was the season two finale. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, she, Tara's just full-blown chicken mode. She is full-blown chicken. And she's real cute as... Like she is. like an old like an older (laughs) actress playing a five-year-old child. (laughs) Like, in... Yeah. She just, like, just kind of that wide-eyed wonderment of the child. Like, she... She nailed it all. Um, and when she was walking down the aisle, she had like those pipe cleaners, like different colored mm-hmm. pipe cleaners for her bouquet. And just like, you know, like kids don't follow a straight line. She's just all over the aisle. Mm-hmm. And then she like plops down in the grass. <laughs> and it was just so cute. Like you make a you're such a great actress that you make me believe that you are really five years old right now. Yeah, totally. And you're a grown ass woman. <laughs> yep. She's just oh, she does. She's so good in this show. And so, yeah, Char's wedding. Nick is the fiance. Yeah, Nick. Which, okay, props to him. So, a little backstory. Mm-hmm. Nick proposes to Charmaine. Charmaine, of course, says yes. And then Charmaine finds out she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. 
And then she finds out that it's not Nick's child. It's Neil. It's Neil. Which is played by Patton Oswalt. And love Patton Oswalt. So Char, Charmaine is, um, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to tell him? Am I going to tell him? And she ends up telling Nick that the baby's not his. And him being a stand-up guy, he's like, that's fine. I, I still love you. I will raise this child as my own. Well, except he did try to get Patton or to Neil sign away, to, <laughs> to sign, sign away, away his, his father. Yep. And I guess that's kind of a double-edged sword in that Nick was so in love with Char and was so all about being with her and starting a family that he would raise someone else's child as his own. But it's like, it's just... It's so much more awkward because you know the person and you see that person on a fairly regular basis because he's Max's best friend. Yeah, works, works for Max. Works for Max. You know, he's kind of a friend of the family. Yeah, and so I kind of found that to be a little bit of a dick move, only well, because I I just you know what Patton Oswalt doesn't matter. He's always going to trump whoever else he's up against think, in any show. And I think Charmaine was struggling with that too because she, she was. She does have. She does have feelings for him as much mm-hmm. as she doesn't want to admit it. Um, he, you know, there's a soft spot in her heart for Neil. Mm-hmm. And I think she was struggling with presenting the paternity, like sign away your paternity mm-hmm. rights papers to Neil, too. I mean, I don't think she's like, granted, I think her character is super selfish and rude and she really grates on my nerves, but I think that she, she still has a heart. She does. Um, as somewhere much as I hate to admit it as somewhere well. Somewhere in there, <laughs> in all the, the darkness. But, <laughs> you know, she was struggling. Like, Neil's a good guy. Mm-hmm. She would like him to be in the baby's life. Exactly. That's what I got from it anyways. And for her to, and for, you know, Neil to sign away his rights too, it, it was almost, because I agree, I kind of picked up on that too, where it's like she struggled with that. Cause, and then I took it as by him signing away his parental rights, He's also kind of signing away, maybe, for lack of a better term, rights to Charmaine. You know what I mean? Sure. Then it's just like, then for her, she's like, it, it feels so final. Like, he's he's out of my life, even though he doesn't have to be and he's not going to be. But there's a legal document saying that we are not connected by this child, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, she she cares about Neil. Otherwise, she wouldn't have fucked him while she was engaged to Nick. <laughs> and made a beautiful baby that they named Wheels, <laughs> which is hilarious. Sandra Wheels. Sandra Wheels. <laughs> and then I like that, um, you know, Charmaine, she came around to it. She was all about it. And she starts referring to the to her daughter as Wheels. Like, why Why did they? I missed the whole Wheels part. Like, what was oh, the reason they named the ba- the middle name Wheels? It was, Well, it was totally Neil's thing. Um, God damn it. <laughs> and I can't remember why, but, like, he wanted her to, like, be fast or something. And it was, I want, <laughs> shit, I want to, I cannot remember because it's been so long since I watched it. But there was a reason. I want to say there was, like, a nerdy reason, maybe. Or just wanting to be able to preemptively give her a cool nickname. Comment if anyone remembers. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was just he wanted her to be fast. That I think that might have been part of it. Because I know he said that at one point. So yeah, so that was Charmaine and Nick and Neil. I did find it interesting that, you know, Nick leaving 
Charmaine at the altar with the altars. Oh. oh. <laughs> that's some, like, fourth. That's some deep shit, man. <laughs> I got deep you, in the shit, man. You just broke the fourth wall. I don't know what that means. Um. Oh, but in, okay, so also in season two, awesome. since we're going to do. We'll, we're, we'll just, just, we're just going all over the board. That, 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 that's just kind of the theme of this podcast is <laughs> let's just word vomit about this show. Words and I watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, but kind of going back to Kate and her Valhalla Hawkwind um, pursuit. So that ends up falling apart. So she does some weird internet stuff, sitting on cakes and whatnot, and through all, just so she can kind of like acquire stuff. Mm-hmm. She um, just wants to buy things. She just wants things. She wants something better. I, but she meets a guy through the chat room, and he's like kind of cute, and he wants to take her away from all of this and everything. So she meets up with him IRL in real life and finds out he's like super rich. He's like the heir to some frozen yogurt shit or whatever. And he's like, I want to buy you a condo. I want to take care of you. Do all these things. I think that was in season. Was that season three? Nope. That's season two. Oh, season two. Cause she ends up dumping him at Charmaine's wedding. Yep. That's right. So mm-hmm. throughout all of this, he's, you know, Kate's looking kind of for an out. More or less, you know, ever everything she's done, she's looking for a kind of a way out to try and escape her quote crazy crazy family. She can't because she loves her crazy family. And then the Zach guy comes along and he's like, Oh, I'll buy you a condo, I'll take care of you. Take you away from your crazy mother. He says some pretty horrible things about Tara while he's kind of dating Kate. He seems to be getting more controlling. Absolutely. Um trying to push his opinions on her. He kind of seemed a little bit like he might have voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, at you the, know, and the comments he made about gay marriage and how yep. he doesn't think that um, gay people deserve to to get to married. have equal like, rights and like, yeah, he was he uh, he was a douchebag wrapped in a a shiny money package exactly. Which I'm really glad that um, Kate discovered when she did Mm -hmm. because they were talking about moving in together and all that other stuff so and i found it i thought i thought it was kind of funny that throughout the season he's dropping these like oh your mom's crazy she's dangerous and she's like no it's really not that bad um but then it was at charmaine's wedding and he's making those comments about you know gay shouldn't be allowed to get married um at this point within marshall's storyline he's fully come out Mm -hmm. and he's with lionel And they're just kind of like, all right, whatever, screw you. And they find out that, yeah, he is a Republican. And I like that between his views on gay marriage and being a Republican, that's when Kate's like, you know what? This isn't (laughs) going to work. I like how she shows him out. Like she physically like pushes him out of the the backyard. Like this isn't going to work. You got to go, buddy. Yeah. And that's what the thing that I always liked about the Kate character is that for her age and being young and everything and unsure and not knowing what she wants to do with her life, she's still a very confident girl, woman that knows knows what she she wants. Yeah, she knows what she believes in. She has principles. 
you know, and and um, I like to that she she is the like the biggest. She sticks up for her family, mm-hmm. like you know, with the mar- with this dude saying like gays shouldn't be allowed to marry. You know, she was the person that stuck up for Marshall yep. and like. Um, and with her mom, she's like, you can't call my mom crazy. I'm the only one that can call my mom crazy. Like, shit yeah. like that. You know? And she's defended Tara, um, even, like, to Marshall in past seasons. You know, it's like, oh, well, T came out and did this horrible thing, you know, in season one. But, you know, Kate was the one to be like, T came out for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, the, everything, these alt- basically everything these alters do is for a reason, and it's to protect this family. And I think she's trying to help Marshall understand too cuz mm-hmm. he's younger and Yeah. Who knows what his, you know, his perspective is. I mean, he might not feel safe, so I feel like she's kind of she's trying to also be a mother to Marshall in some ways. Yeah. To help protect him and help him understand and explain things like on his level. Mhm. Um I think their relationship as brother and sister is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I was that close with, like, my siblings. They're just, you know, they stick up for each other. They look out for each other. Yeah. They're in the same boat. So they understand each other. Yeah. You know, so it's really great. It is. I, I love their relationship. It's it's a good brother. It's a good sibling relationship. My brother and I have a seven-year age gap. Me so too. it wasn't really until we got older where mm-hmm. we're just like, do I like you as a person? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm forced to like you as a sibling. But now, <laughs> now let's see. How do I really feel? All right. You're all right. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about my sibling. Like, you're all right. You're all right. <laughs> We've had some times together. Um, Season two, Marshall's storyline. He's still kind of figuring out where he lies where his sexuality lies. Like, he, he thinks he likes boys. Mm-hmm. But he's got this um, friend who's a girl. He's curious. He's curious. And him and her, I think her name was Courtney, they they do some experimenting. They have sex. It's not for him. But she wants to maintain a relationship in that <laughs> whole facade of being... She wants to be a power couple. A power which- couple. <laughs> cracks me what up. What the fuck is a power you're couple like in, in high, high school? school. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, but like, you're the weird kids. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with being the weird kids, but um, in the hierarchy of high school, <laughs> us weirdos, we were down towards the bottom. So, and that's kind of, and so Marsh doesn't want that, and he's being drawn towards um, Lionel. And then they hook up. And I thought, I really liked Lionel and Marshall. Kind of an opposites attract type of thing. You know, Lionel was definitely more like the more out, flamboyant, in your face, um, and, and very much an activist. Not to say Marshall wasn't an activist, but initially they kind of clashed on their ideas on how to get things done. But then they kind of, you know, Lionel's, ideas kind of seeped into Marshall and they just they seem to work really well together for a while and I thought they were very thought they were very cute (laughs) yeah they I did too they were they were pretty cute together um I liked that like Lionel was more of the outspoken one and Marshall like he didn't make his feel like 
he maybe he felt the same things or thought the same things, but he didn't vocalize them as much as Lionel did. Mm -hmm. So they kind of like worked off each other that way. Um, I loved the part where so at the wedding, um, Lionel's like, ah, I don't know if I want to go to this wedding because um, gay marriage isn't recognized in this country, mm -hmm. you know, and just like having that that presence of mind or that like thoughts at like as a high schooler yeah you know i thought that was really cool like yeah very aware and very like very aware and yeah i think like he and marshall were on the same page and wanted to shoot for the same things but they just wanted to go about them in you know differently lionel was more of like the let's protest let's march you know be loud and in your face why should we be quiet you know mm -hmm. kind of fuck them we're here we're gonna we're going to be here. We're going to be in your face. Yeah. Whereas Marshall definitely, I, and maybe it's because of his more conservative dress style, you know, his little like vests and nice shirts and everything seemed more like, well, let's file the proper paperwork and make he sure and get cautious. things, yeah, get things notarized. Mm -hmm. Like he seemed more along those They're lines. Like yin and yang, you know? Exactly. But they worked well together. They were very cute. And I think um, overall, Lionel ended up being good for Marshall in coming to terms with his own sexuality and being comfortable with that and who he was and that he wasn't a Lionel, but he was a Marshall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Making him feel comfortable in his skin mm -hmm. and coming out like, you know, it's gotta be, I don't know. It's gotta be terrifying. And then I thought it was really cute when Marshall did come out to his family and they were, you know, super supportive and everything but it's like they already knew, and they're they just know. like he. They he made it official, and they were just so happy for him. I was just like that. I just I love that family. Their their whole dynamic with whatever whatever's going on in their life. Tara and her alters. Um, Kate kind of trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. They they all work so well together because at the end of the day, they're there for each other and they support each other. Yeah, it's a heartwarming little. Family kind of drama, mm -hmm. comedy, dramedy. Dramedy. They all support each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. So I wanted to talk about Bryce. Not just, so the character that we don't actually meet, did they, I can't remember, did they say that the real Bryce had died? That comes out towards the end of season three. Yes. Because mm -hmm. they go to the cemetery. That's right. So... From what I've read about DID, the hosts can still create new altars throughout their, you know, adult life or whatever, you know, beyond the the moment of trauma. And it's possible for them to create uh, an altar based on an abuser. So in looking, kind of doing some Googling and some Wikipedia-ing, um, <laughs> reading about that, it just kind of makes me, I guess, kind of wonder about the Bryce altar. So they find out that they eventually find out that Bryce has died, but Tara is still, Terry still has the Bryce altar more or less kind of taking control of her body. We have seen in season two with the altar Shoshana that she can create whether intentional or not. She's, she's able to create these altars based on whatever information she's given. Cause in the tornado episode, uh, the neighbor who has always talked about um, Shoshana 
mentions to Charmaine and Max just kind of how in awe he is that she created this altar and how good it is, you know, and how, you know, kind of spot on. Except that the real Shoshana had like a stutter or a lisp or something. Oh. And I thought it was kind of comical because both Charmaine and Max at the same time said, don't tell Tara that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that would likely. It would feed into yeah. the altar. So she creates. So in season three, we see the Bryce altar that she ultimately creates for whatever reason. Which, and to interrupt you real quick, mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if Bryce has always been there. But now that she's discovering more and more of her past oh. and remembering things and things are bubbling up to the surface, like Bryce has always maybe been there, this altar, this abusive altar who is based off of this, the stepbrother who we ultimately find out was the abuser. Mm-hmm. Um, things are coming to the surface and now he's coming out. He's coming mm-hmm. to the surface. He's becoming more of a dominant altar. You know, and that's a good point um, because as you had, mentioned earlier they do talk about Tara's self-harm in college and we know that T, Buck, and Alice even Gimme none of them are going to harm Tara physically. Right they're protective they're, yep. they're trying to protect her so that that's a good point I like that um, that yeah just kind of always under the surface so yeah so but it just it did make me kind of wonder what is she basing this Bryce personality, this Bryce alter on maybe little remnants of what she could possibly remember subconsciously from her childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, a culmination of quote, bad guys from throughout life because Bryce in season three becomes such a dominant alter that he starts killing off the other alters, which is a fascinating concept in of itself. That you have an altar killing altars where the host and the maybe even at that point in Tara's mind conscious because she had started integrating with, um, you know, Buck and Alice. And she draws team. up a contract with them. Yeah. Saying, you know, so you can't come out unless I say you can come out. Kind of which they all agree to, which is another fascinating thing. Um, Bryce wasn't part of that contract. No, he wasn't. So then he comes out and he takes over and Tara's losing control. You know, she's she's been able to establish some level of control with the other altars with the contract. But Bryce is this wild card and he's not letting Tara come out and he's going around doing all these terrible things. But it's like where what was the basis of Bryce's creation? Was it just a manifestation of her overall fears and what she perceived Bryce to have been. You know what I mean? It's I I found that concept very interesting. I think it's probably a combination of all of that, like what she remembers, what she's um, experienced in her life, what she maybe as a protective measure, what she thinks this abusive altar should look like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's I I don't know enough about sure. BID to like I don't I don't know if anybody does but um to fully explain like where or yeah. how that Bryce character has like was birthed yeah. you know it's just again it's I'm fascinated with anything that the mind does and can do and is capable of um and then we see Within season three, 
within her own mind, Tara confronts Bryce and ultimately kills him, drowns him because she, her and Max are driving down the road. She jumps out the car and jumps over the bridge because she just feels like at this point, suicide is the best choice for her family, for her and her family to maybe keep them safe and, and all of that. That whole scene really shocked me. I didn't think that it was going to go in that direction where she, that was her last option. Mm -hmm. Um, Because weren't they going to, they were, she was going to get checked into someplace, wasn't she? And that's where they were going. And then like, yeah, I think they, was that when they, because I think it was like throughout season three, they talk about not going back to the state facility. Right. So I feel like, ugh, I can't remember exactly, but I feel like maybe they were on their way to the state facility as like the ruse, you know, so she could later jump out of the car, you know. I don't, but yeah, they were on their way to someplace. It wasn't Boston. No, it seemed more local. Yeah. So I feel like it was maybe state or just. It was local. just really out of left field. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm hmm. Like, I did, because she seemed like she was Tara. Like, there was no alters. Yep. It was like, I just can't take this anymore, and I know what I'm doing to my family, and I'm going to just jump off this bridge and, like, I don't know what her, it didn't really, like, that whole scene wasn't really well explained. I felt like they're in the car one minute, she tells um, Max's character that she loves him, and then she jumps out of the car, jumps over the bridge, and then the next scene, you see both of them sitting there with a police officer wet. So my take on and it was And they were that, going for a swim. Well, <laughs> and that's what was, they told the officer. Yeah, and that's what they told them so that she wouldn't eventually be committed because during that time period between her jumping out of the car and landing in the water and ultimately drowning, like I think she legit wanted to commit suicide. She was just done and she wanted to try and protect her family. She was at her wit's end. She didn't know what else to do. At this point, Bryce had killed off all the other altars because he started with chicken and for Tara and then started with chicken. Um, dude, even like Buck was scared of Bryce because he had that moment with oh, Max in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Dude, and he's like, yeah, and he's like crouching down. He's like, he's coming because T and T made her final farewell with um, was it Kate. Kate and then it was Alice and Marshall. Alice said her goodbyes to to Marsh, I think, because Charmaine wasn't involved in any of that. Mm-mm. So each of these altars had their moments with the the other supporting players in Tara's life, the supporting human that they maybe felt the most close to. So just that idea that, yeah, this, this new altar, or maybe not new altar, but that this altar can create such fear that these other altars that have been created and long standing to protect Tara now feel inequipped to do so and losing complete and utter control um, so Tara decides that she's just going to end it, jumps off the bridge and during that whole moment where um, within her own mind Bryce is tied down and she's like dunking him in water that was her, you know, ultimately killing Bryce as she's drowning. Final, yeah, that was the final battle. Yep. But then with even within her mind, you know, 
Max Aiden comes in and kicks down the door and pulls her out. So I can assume that at that point, that's when Max jumped in after her and pulled her out and oh. brought her back up to the surface. And then the police showed up and they're like, Tara now feeling that Bryce is gone and no longer a threat. Doesn't feel that there's any imminent danger. It's like, huh, I went for a swim. Meanwhile, Max is still just kind of like, what the fuck? Right, right. <laughs> As anyone would be. Rightfully so, yeah. So this whole concept of Bryce alter and how everything went down, like I said, is just fascinating to me. And not knowing anything about DID, I don't know how plausible something like that is. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't put it past our brains to be able to do that and and good or bad, like do that to us and I don't know. It's just very interesting. I think like I said, when stuff started bubbling up to the surface and she's remembering more and more things and Bryce becomes more of a like the the dominant the dominant personality. Um it it to me it seemed like it was the struggle between Tara and this Bryce character. Like mm-hmm. like uh maybe not necessarily the Bryce alter was killing these, but Tara was learning how to deal with it more and she didn't need them. Sure. Um, and more or less coming, even though it's not physically coming face to face with your abuser, but in her mind coming face to face with her abuser and confronting him, her as herself, even in her own mind. I guess I could see that being, I don't know. Just so interesting, and that's why I think that's part of the reason why I was really drawn to this show because I'm so fascinated by psychology and the way the mind works. Where for me, it generates a lot of really interesting questions that I can't answer. And I think abnormal psychology is fascinating, Um, and the fact that there's not still a lot known about dissociative identity disorder. And mm-hmm. even, you know, in the show, Eddie Izzard's character, her um, abnormal psych professor, he doesn't necessarily even believe in He doesn't in believe that. in it. So, not until Bryce almost kills him. Oh, and that was... Right, okay, I will have to say, Bryce is frightening. Yeah. Like, that altar was scary. Buck kind of, like, I love Buck. Mm-hmm. Just because he's so out there. But he he scared me a little, too. But Bryce was on a whole different level where where Buck, he, he had good intentions. And he was a protector where mm-hmm. Bryce, he didn't give a shit. No. He didn't care if he harmed Tara's mm-hmm. body. He didn't care if he harmed other people. He had no respect for anyone or personal, personal space, personal belongings, yeah, anything nothing. like that. Like, he was... He was a psychopath. Yeah. He kind of seemed a little like a psychopath. Oh, he was definitely a grade A piece of shit. Absolutely. Buck definitely is kind of your more lovable redneck type. We all know a buck. Come on. We all know a buck. (laughs) Maybe not to the extreme of a buck, but someone who means well. Always, will always mean well. Have, like, a good... Have your back and... Like, there's a good... There's a good center, a little rough around the edges yeah. kind of person. I mean, because we even see that w- 
uh, in season one between Buck and Charmaine when Buck is her booby oh, buddy. Her booby buddy. I feel like that's a really good episode and a really good example that deep down Buck's a protector type alter. Um, but deep down, he he cares, and he's not going to do anything to intentionally hurt these people. Yeah, I mean, you could even see that in um, the beginning of season three when, like, so mm-hmm. Tara is still transitioning to her altars, and Buck is like going out. Tara doesn't realize this, but he's going out on his motorcycle, mm-hmm. searching out people named Bryce, yep. <laughs> going to their front doors, knocking on the front door. And then pointing a gun in their face, <laughs> um, you know, to try to, to try protect Tara. Yeah, you know, like a little vengeance for yep. what happened, what happened to her when she was little. So yeah, um, yeah, Buck holds a special little spot in my heart. Yep. But then we see so in in the last episode of season three, when everyone's kind of going their separate ways and. And Max and Tara are in the truck to go to Boston. We see we see the familiar altars are back. Alice, oh, T, yeah. and Buck. Mm-hmm. They're they're beat up. You know they got their their black eyes and fat lips and everything from having been attacked by Bryce. But they're back. And again, it's this concept of okay, so you have one dominant abusive altar, ultimately quote killing your protective altars. And then through whatever means you get rid of the, the abusive altar and now your protective altars are back. It's just maybe they didn't ever really I don't No, they didn't weren't they I don't didn't think go they, away. they were yeah. just um like in hiding or they just were in hiding, maybe maybe in a way maybe they quote died to more or less put Tara in a position to to confront this aggression. Since she can't confront Bryce in real life, head on, face to face, and she's only left with this abusive altar type. This is the only thing left for her to confront in terms of her um, healing and confronting an abuser type. So maybe, maybe them going away was ultimately part of her healing process. I think so. I mean, I don't think she's totally healed. They're still no. there, but. DID is not cured overnight. From from everything that I've read, it's well. No, I was gonna say the fact that um, oh. <laughs> the like Bryce became the dominant personality. The that she didn't need at that time. She didn't need the protective altars anymore mm-hmm. because she it was coming to a head, and I think she was ready to confront it. Mm-hmm. And. Um, she didn't need those other altars. Like it was just going to be her mm-hmm. confronting this, the abuser altar. Hmm. I could definitely see that, man. And they were also still under contract, <laughs> <laughs> so they couldn't pop out until it was no. <laughs> oh, this this show was was so good. Again, second season not the best. It kind of waned and yeah. Yeah, I would say waned is a good description. Um, I think there were there were points like mm-hmm. there the were tornado points. episode. The for tornado example. episode was really good. Like you got because it it's like we just want to know as 
like watchers, mm-hmm. like an audience. We just want to know, like move the storyline along. And it kind of seemed in the second season they were just taking their time with like the bits and pieces yeah. of information giving given to us. Like the storytelling, it was like they were holding back too much and it lost my I interest. So but there I, were like there were highlights, you know, yeah. like like the the Neil and Charmaine and mm-hmm. um I mean definitely like things that happened to Vahala Hawkwind. The Vahala Hawkwind, <laughs> you know, for character growth and to push the characters forward in their own personal ways mm-hmm. and not so much yeah, not so not so so focused on Tara and like figuring out yeah what was the root cause it was a little slow in the development of that yeah but i i thought that um season i i like i really liked season three um again the bryce character and everything an alter utterly fascinating um the end of bryce did feel somewhat anticlimactic uh at least during the first watch but upon the second rewatching and kind of taking all these other things into consideration, I I I don't know what else what else to expect from Neil, that storyline at that point. Neil saved the day. Neil saved the day. He found the because remember they had to hide the guns and the porn um, oh, Buck's guns oh, and Buck's yeah. porn at Neil's house. Yeah, and Neil was going through like he was rocking the baby to sleep, like talking all baby talk to the baby, and then the baby went to sleep, and then he's pulls out a porn mag and he's flipping through it and he finds Buck's like note. Oh, that's right. Or the in the obituary of Bright, like Bryce, yeah. like the real Bryce's death. And so Neil's like, and he brings it to over to Max and Tara and they go to the seminary. Some seminary, seminary <laughs> and pray. <laughs> um, yeah, to yeah. the cemetery. That's right. That that is how they found out. Oh, so you know, Neil, check your porn. Day. You never know what's in. You never know what treasures are hiding in porn. <laughs> so, I think that's all I have to say on on Terra, United what? States of Terra. Uh, I mean, I can I can try and dig deep and find some more, but I'm yeah. my bladder's also filling up. I love how my episodes end because someone needs to pee. Anyways. It's become a theme. It is. It's because you make me drink stuff. <laughs> make me drink many fluids. We got the white claw and the vodka tonight. So, but I think that'll do it on United States of Terra. Um, do you have a happy thing or um, anything non-show related or any anything? You got anything? What you got? What What do I've got? What do I've got? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I'm still watching The Outsider. <gasps> Me too. Did you this, start it? Oh, this week. Oh, we're all caught up. You're so caught this up? week is the season finale. Okay. Because I have not watched last week's yet. Okay. So, um, do you not love Holly, the mm-hmm. detective? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love her so much. I really, li- I really like great. This, I really like this series so far. I know that um, Stephen King adaptations kind of hit or miss yeah um, for real i feel like the show overall that it builds a lot of suspense mm-hmm. i was just telling someone at work about this that 
there's a there's a lot of suspense and I'm like on edge like every single like almost every single second even during their it's like, like happy seeing it the, is the music and it is and it's like the way the camera shots are done and the way they build the suspense you know it's they build like suspense and tension and there's absolutely no indication that there's going to be any kind of like follow through with it you know what I mean where it's like something really tense is going to happen and then something maybe kind of fairly mundane happens it does not feel like a letdown it's just it's done so well because a good example is like the walking dead likes to build suspense and talk itself up and everything and Mm -hmm. then there's little to no follow through follow through and it's very disappointing sure i've had a lot of like build-up moments with the outsider but not that feeling of being let down or anything. It's just like, I'm so nervous. <laughs> everyone's having everyone's having a really good conversation. Like, and the dialogue's great. It's very well written. Um, but yeah, there's these moments where people are the the conversations that they're having, it's very serious and very intense. And then there's a little bit of like humor thrown in as a, any normal conversation would be. But there's not that like let down feel. So but I get nervous. I'm like, everyone's getting along too well, and I'm scared yeah, for them. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, the acting is really good. The di- the dialogue is good, and it's mm. following very closely to the book. Okay. Which I appreciate. Um, yeah, I I really like it. Have you started the hun- uh, the Hunters on Prime? I started, I watched the first show, and I really like it. Um I didn't know Al Pacino was in it, so that was a nice little gem. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think back. It's been a, like a, two weeks since I watched the first episode. Yeah, we've been reading books. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah, we're a couple episodes in. We haven't finished it, but totally digging it. It's Otherwise, just fun. It is. It's yeah. It's fun. I'm very. I told him, I was How like, How far okay. are you in? We're only like maybe three episodes. Okay. But I'm like, since I'm watching those two with Timmy and he's not a TV watcher like I am, <laughs> I have to pace myself. <laughs> do you know how to do that? No. <laughs> 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 kind of more or less being forced into it, but <laughs> totally enjoying it so far. So we'll see. Yeah, it seems like it, it's a really fun show mm-hmm. to watch. That and the acting is really good and the writing's really good. Yes. And just the concept in <gasps> yeah. itself is really good. And then there's so they do flashbacks. Um, you know, no spoilers or anything. No spoilers on the Holocaust, but they do flashbacks to some of the different concentration camps and everything. And or even when they in dialogue are talking about people's different different experiences. Utterly heartbreaking. It's 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 hard. It's hard to watch and it's hard to just be confronted with history. And then it's hard realizing that there's some fuckers out there that don't believe that the Holocaust happened, that these things fucking happened. And then that just makes me mad. But it's it's a good show and yeah, evokes a lot of emotions. Because there's funny parts and like, oh my God. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm trying to think. Oh, I don't know. I got a bunch of stuff done that I need to get done. Like I got my taxes done this week. Yay! And I was kind of hanging over my head. <laughs> this money's flying out the window left and right. Right. I don't Heard know. That. I had to register my car and just like big kind of 
things I had to pay for. So adulting, adulting stuff. So yeah, this week I didn't have any huge big hurrahs. I'm trying to think if there was like something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have had right. something prepared. No worries. I knew you were going to ask me this too. Oh, and I was sure. thinking, I was thinking oh about God. it, but I'm like, I don't have anything this week. How about me? I no. mean, yeah, of course, <laughs> always you, but. I think that just getting stuff done was kind of my hurrah because I can be a procrastinator and mm-hmm. just doing my having to do adult stuff yeah. is my thing. <laughs> and it does always feel good to finally get some of those things done. You know, like anything I'm a list that we maker, pro- yeah. so if I can cross stuff on my list, I feel very accomplished. Step one: make a list, cross it off. Yes, uh, <laughs> I have succeeded. On my way. <laughs> All right. How about you? Um, not a whole hell of a lot. Just been, yeah, nothing. We did some workout stuff, and my legs hurt all week, and oh, I yeah. thought I was going to die on the toilet because yeah, I was out. afraid I wasn't going to get back up. <laughs> but I was like, I took a little comfort knowing. I was like, like Elvis. I, but <laughs> I did love that. Um, oh, God. What did you message me? Probably something incredibly dramatic. It was, but one of the hashtags was... This is what happens when you've skipped leg day for the last six years. (laughs) Oh, I need new legs like Lieutenant Dan. I lost my mind. I was sitting at work at my desk laughing. I'm sure I do that a lot when I read my texts from my friends, and I'm sure they thought I was insane. But that really cracked me up. (sighs) You worked out. You did it. We did it, and I lived, (laughs) even though I didn't hurt so bad. All right, so we're going to end it. Um, Thanks for listening, and keep streaming. Bye. Bye.